Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. Japanese art! Brian, you fuck! <laughs> I am your host, Christian Espinal. <laughs> and joining me through Discord is my co-host, my very not rude partner in crime. It is Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. It's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's good, guys? Hello. Yeah, we have um, we got a we got a new character today. <laughs> a couple, a couple new characters, honestly. Um, but uh, before we get into all of that, let's uh, let's introduce this rude piece of shit, Edge Lord. Big news, Brian. I thought we were going with Hobo Brian. I'm about to add it. <laughs> Edge Lord Hobo Big News Brian. We just keep adding nicknames until he's like a whole Who superhero. else has a lot of nicknames as like a superhero? No one? Yeah, there's a lot of people who have a lot of nicknames. I don't know. I guess like Batman and Superman have the most. But uh <laughs> I mean I don't know. We have a lot to get to, so let's not dwell on that. Um we 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 do have two new series joining us this week, and that was my phone. Putting in that on vibrate. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's get into plugs really quick. You could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? That's at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram. Yeah. Brian, where are you at, fam? You can find me at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. And whenever I decide to stream, you can catch me at It's Punchline slash. TTV, I think. Twitch.tv slash its punchline. Learn how to do a read. <laughs> I'll punch you. He's a, he's a very fun gamer to watch, so check him out on that. Uh, our theme song is by Drum Foo. You could find him at the drum underscore foo on Instagram. Uh, follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, Email the show at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk about. Also, you can just drop a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, we do have a 49-episode backlog of stuff that we don't have video for. Uh, please check that out. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. That would be super helpful to get us more fa- found and you know recognized by the algorithm, the almighty algorithm. Uh, also, if you're listening to the audio version, uh, there is a link in your description that will take you straight to our YouTube channel where we now have full video capability and all of that jazz. Uh, subscribe to us, like our videos, and, uh, and comment on them. Let us know. Uh, and I guess that's it. <laughs> hmm. 
I guess that's all the uh, the plugs for now. Uh, without further ado, it's time to randomize. Let me say, is this ice? <laughs> Dickhead, is it cold? Burn the witch. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Was that really a random? Yeah, it really was, was that- a random. It was a random. Burn the witch. Yeah, okay, we got burn so- the witch, everybody. Uh, we announced last week that we're going to be picking this series up, uh, mostly because it is a mini-series by the creator of Bleach, Tite Kubo. Uh, he's back to us with kind of, kind of sort of a spinoff to Bleach. Uh, it's a loose spinoff, I guess. It doesn't really like harken back to any of those, uh, anything from Bleach, except for one major factor. But um, yeah. We, it just seems to take place in the same universe. That's all I really Exactly. Uh, we had a one shot for this a long time ago. Maybe like I, I won't. I don't want to say a year ago because it wasn't that long ago. Uh, I feel, but uh, there is a. One it was shot. a while ago. Yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, and this series picks up where that one shot to le- left off. Like that one shot is actually kind of vital. It's technically the first chapter where this is. I guess feels like the second, but um, we got burned the witch. So let's get started. Uh, we open up with a big splash page, classic Kubo, honestly. Um, and, you know, we're introduced to our one of the first of the main characters. Her name is Nini. Uh, she is what is known as a, a witch of the uh, West Branch of the Soul Society. Which A whole splash page for... I didn't even realize that. I'm yeah. sorry, bro. Damn. <laughs> I mean, you know, right, it's fine. Kubo. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, also, you her know, t- lollipop shades. Yeah. Also, her T-shirt yeah. says "Burn the Witch," which I guess yeah. this is where the title comes from. I don't know. It's a good title, honestly. Cool. I like it. Cool All right, so she's just kind of walking around. She's a famous pop star in the real world. She just has a job because Soul Reapers in this world, oh, not Soul Reapers, the Soul Society agents from this world also have to have a nine to five in order to survive. But um. She's in a good place because she's like a famous pop star. She's getting recognized uh, across the street. And while being uh, like chased by fans, uh, she activates a weird portal in the ground, which is pretty cool, and jumps inside that will take her to what is known as Reverse London. And we get this other two-page spread, which is another title page, it seems, which I'm, again, not mad at. (laughs) Two pages for the title that that already had a... Technically, four pages. Oh, one page. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah. So, next thing we get Yikes. is this lady chasing this weird deer thing around. And uh, she's trying to capture it, you know, do all that stuff. She can't really at the moment. Uh, she's worried that this deer is going to set off, like, some kind of, like, attract some kind of monster. And it does. It's this weird bat moth thing. And she blasts it with spell number uh, 31. If you remember from Bleach, they had like these uh, these also numbered magical spells in their world as well, which is Hados. Yeah, the Hados. And there was another one, right? Rikidos? Something like that. Yeah. I I, I actually don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember it very well. It's been a while since I read read Bleach. Um, but yeah, she tries to catch it. It gets away, but um, the girl Ninny that we saw earlier catches it with spell forty-four flash bumper, and this thing crashes in. And you know, we finally get an, uh, a proper introduction to our two protagonists. One is Ninny Spang, 
Spankle, who is a second umbrella in the uh, in the wing bind, and Noel Nihashi, who is a first umbrella in the wing bind. Uh, yeah, and then we get a big expositional page that explains kind of the mechanics of this world. Um, unlike Bleach, this doesn't really deal with hollows. Uh, the main antagonists of this series are dragons. Uh, seen as this takes place in London, essentially, there are, you know, dragons have been a mythological creature in London forever, and uh, there have been an organization that was uh, founded to take care of them. And they live in reverse London, which is basically the most, I guess, dragon-heavy part of London. I don't know if it's like a world into itself like the Soul Society is. That doesn't feel like super clear to me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they basically have this cool hideout. It's called Wingbind. Uh, it's a it's a headquarters, seemingly a subsidiary of the Soul Society. And they have a very different system. Uh, it's definitely more like Western-ish where there are rewards, there are like monetary rewards for taking down uh, dragons as well as like achievement points. There's like, they don't go too much into the system yet, but I'm sure we'll get some of that later. Uh, and they're just, uh, Nini and uh, and Nihashi are just, you know, going through the motions, doing their like, we're opposites of each other thing. When uh, an explosion happens outside and then we know that we get reintroduced to Balgo and Osushi who are um, from the one shot we saw last year, maybe. Um, Balgo is a character who has been known as, um, what was it called? Damn. Dragon clad? Dragon clad. Which means because humans aren't like allowed to fully expose themselves to dragons very much because if you do, you contract an illness from them and you become what's known as dragon clad. So... It's illegal for normal people to get anywhere near them or have any physical contact with dragons for this very reason. And uh, since he's a dragon clad, I don't know. I don't remember if that's like a rare thing or not. But, you know, they try. These two characters are tasked with keeping an eye on him, essentially, and watching over him in case anything goes bad. And things do. do. His, his fucking pet dragon dog thing is just crashing through buildings and causing a ton of mayhem. And uh, the girls have to come in and intervene. And they also have to check this guy that, that was like closest to them to see if he had any physical contact. And the way they measure that is that they have this weird phone thing that they have to put their tongue on that measures the amount of dragotoxin that they absorb. It's a lot of uh, buildup and a lot of stuff because they have to explain a lot of shit. First chapter, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, they're trying to decipher why, uh, Osushi, his dragon went out of control because there's only a few factors because dragons are normally kind of nonviolent unless they're hungry and the only, and apparently there are a number of things that could actually set them off. Um, or at least this one, Osushi in particular, if, if you imitate its cry, if you sneeze or you burst out laughing, but you know they're trying to figure out why he went crazy because if if they start to get more violent, then it's possible that there is a dragon nearby that is putting them in danger. Mm. Especially since, as a dragon clan, a clad, Balko is more likely to attract dragons. Um, 
and one shows yeah, up. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the key aspect of being dragon glad in the first place. Yeah. Why they want to avoid people from, you know, getting infected. You don't want to. Yeah, yeah more like want to die and harm others around you. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. It's kind of a lot like Chica, where she's like so powerful that like she just attracts yeah the neighbors. The neighbors, um, yeah. But yeah, dragon shows up, and you know, it's from here. It's like action because they're. You know, first chapter kind of like showing off the mechanics of the battle type action. And the way they fight is that they have these little guns slash horns. Uh, I don't remember if they identified them either in this chapter or in the one shot. But uh, these seems to be like the um, the catalyst for all their spells and how they project all of their magic out. And, you know, <laughs> apparently... Nihashi is able to one-shot stun ball this dragon. But uh, but it's not enough because it gets real gross. Like this dragon's face falls off and it becomes this yeah. scary thing. Uh, because it turns out that this dragon is not just a regular dragon. It's a dark dragon, which is why it's extra, you know, pissed off and angry. Uh, we then get explained that dragons essentially can absorb negative energy and become... Negative dragons, much like hollows. Um, hollows are, I guess, mm-hmm. born of like the negative energy. So it's not, yeah, it's not. That's kind of another connection between the two series. Uh, it's got a wicked fast tongue. Yeah. Um. So Nihashi tries to call like her superiors because these two are technically still like trainees in a sense. Um, and. I guess uh, Nini, it's going to get a little bit to get used to naming these characters. Nini, like, hangs up and is like, I am, I am Shonen protagonist and I will show how strong I am. So they both essentially, like, fight this thing. And meanwhile, we get uh, organization for, like, uh, of heroes or potential protagonist characters sitting around a desk in the dark and watching our heroes. Um, and man, this is the most bleach part of this whole thing. <laughs> oh yeah, where we get a guy who literally is Renji, <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> somebody who literally is um, the Ur- Uraha. What is his name? I'm sorry, Urahara. <laughs> um, Yo, yeah, yeah, with the chewing gum guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they all oh have goofy God. names. I pre- one of the things I do miss from Bleach is the ridiculous names they would come up with. Um, you know, we got. Uh, what, what was it? What, what was it do with the with the shaggy hair? What was that dude's name, man? He was super duper strong. There were a lot of characters he, with shaggy hair and blue. He knew he knew the Kidos. He had the hat too. Urahara, he, yeah, he that's what I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Urahara. There's one guy, the top guy, Bruno Bang Knife. Bang Knife. <laughs> he. Oh man! All right, let's go through all these because I have to. Uh, Bruno Bangknife, Roy B. Dipper, oh man, Kuntire, Kuntire Meleviv? Kuntire, I think it's Kuntire. Dude, there's like always a Bleach character that whose name is just a random hodgepodge of letters. So, Trombone Tekkenin. Ta- <laughs> yeah, Trombone Tekkenin. Sullivan Squire, Sakarin, Sakarin? Hmm. And Harry absent. Ooh, the development. Oh, yeah. Let me stop, man. It's only the first fucking chapter. And the Harry Shaker. Oh, 
And you know he's like, and uh, Bruno. Is oh, I just guess like, he's not a. He, I guess he's not a big deal at all because he's just blowing bubble gum and yeah. doesn't look all that serious. You know, this he he's nothing special. This is the I'm one. Sure he's just some weakling. This is the one shonen trope that has lasted the test of time. Is nonchalant, don't give a fuck guy. <laughs> it's in every series almost. <laughs> Oh my god! Strongest characters in the series. Yeah, even World Trigger has it in Jin, where it's just yes. nonchalant. Yeah, OP character. He's never worried. Yeah, never. <laughs> Until it's time for him to be really cool. I mean, really you can cool. literally see the future, but still. Yeah. All right, yeah. so they're basically just like Bruno's just wiling out about. He's like, we shouldn't have let this fucking dragon clad live. You know, he's uh, causing a whole ton of trouble. And um, he basically turns over to uh, the old guy from the salt from Bleach. I mean, Wolfgang Sh- Slash Hout. Slash Hout. <laughs> Wolfgang, for, by the way, Wolfgang is probably the coolest fucking name ever. By it's the way, Slash Hout. It's a cool name. I mean, you know. <laughs> Wolfgang. <laughs> but Slash Hout is fucking weird as shit. I mean, you know. Oh man! Oh man! Balgo's full name is Balgo Yawain Parks. Yawain. Yawain. I'm pretty sure it's like double butchering. Something has to be silent there. I think it's the Y. It's got to be silent. It's got to be Wayne. Then his name is Wayne. Balgo Wayne Parks. Yeah, that sounds like Yawain doesn't sound right. Yawain. Oh, man. You're a little bad for ball go only a little bit. I, but not for Slash Hout. So, yeah, they're all arguing about what they should do with him, and then Wolfgang is like, it's time for us to fucking kill the Dragon Clan, Balgo Parks. Yes, before he activates his Zanpakuto. <laughs> or hollow power, yeah. his, his secret yeah. dragon powers. <laughs> yeah. I was about to <laughs> Another another ability that Ichigo can have. I don't know why. He's yeah. not- oh my god! <laughs> the series ends with Ichigo just being a dragon. Also, you know that Ichigo shows up. He's like, I hear I can add another fucking power to my list of powers. Yo, listen. The last the last chapter of Bleach, Mayuri, right? Mm-hmm. He warned everybody because he seen darkness coming up. You know what that was? A dark dragon. I reference. Hmm. Good catch, Josh. I, have I don't nothing remember. Else to say. I mean, I have nothing else to say about this. Series. I mean, I applaud it's, your your strange memory of Bleach. I don't remember. I don't remember the last chapter at all, except for his son and also Renji's and Rukia's son. But uh, kudos to you. You figure, <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, that's a good tie. Maybe they will find. Wait, Renji and Rukia had a kid. Yeah. Well, was that ever like a thing? Were they actually a thing? Yeah, I mean, you could argue like they had like. Um, they were buds. They were like best friends the entire time. It's not a crazy ship, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> he cared a lot about her. No, he. It was a little more one-sided initially. Yeah. And then it became yeah. It was a little weird because she had a fake older brother that wasn't really like her blood brother. Biakia, Biakia is her brother. Was that? That's her blood brother. Yeah. Oh. Right. He had a weird, weird fixation for her. Man, I got. He remember. hated her. But he also loved it. We got to rewatch Bleach or reread Bleach. No, we don't. Honestly, I want to. I do want to read it. Want to go through the heartbreak again? I want to read it up to... It'll be really fast. There's a whole bunch of color splash faded. So. I'm, that's the thing. I was thinking about Bleach the other day, and I'm like, you know what? 
The Espada arc wasn't so bad. It was. I mean, it was pretty. Late. You know, it was. It got really bad after the Okiura fight. That's when it started getting like. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't. The only reason I didn't hate the Yami part more than you, Chris, <laughs> was because it had some of my favorite characters just wowing the fuck out. I hate that because you know? we didn't even really get to see them while out. You know. They didn't let la- Yami didn't even last long against them. Bro, he fought against the dude with the oh, all he did was put two hands on the sword and kill that nigga. That was <laughs> we can't even count that. All right, wait, wait, wait. This right is in the retro. Anyway, this yet. thing is yeah, burn yeah, the witch. Um, honestly, I liked it. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked it quite a bit. It is very bleach, but bleach was good for a reason. Like it lasted the test of time for a reason. You know, it's I I enjoyed what Kubo Somewhat. does. Kubo's a lot. I feel like Kubo can turn out to be a lot like like the Black Clover writer, like writer to me, where I'm like, I know what you're doing, <laughs> but I, I mean, I want to love what you're doing, but what you do <laughs> annoys me. Um, but I'm I not do, digging the fighting, but I guess we'll see. I actually kind of like the fighting. I like that it's kind of like, it. It is in that motif of these people are different from the Soul Society, where they're more spell fa- focused. And stuff. There's a lot more variety in combat, and maybe it'll get focused down the line. But this is also not meant to be a long-running series, at least yeah, a modern. I think, I think it's cool that like it, it seems like every um, continent has its own, you know, its own problems to deal with. Yeah, it looks like and is just a whole mess of things, and then you got dragons in the UK or in Europe. Yeah. So I wonder what it would be for America. You know. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I like Most the I like the concept cool. of each soul society having kind of like its own ghosts? culture. Like fucking ghosts Dude. would it be a like horror story. Europeans. I feel like it would be cool. If, like the soul society and uh, what if uh, America was all about fear and shit? Probably is. I mean, they're all about fear a little bit. They're all these monsters. What are? I mean, I don't know. Anyway, that's enough about Burn the Witch. We'll be covering it for as long as it lasts. I don't think. I'm pretty sure this is a limited series. So I'm. I don't imagine it'll go more than ten chapters, but who knows? Maybe Kubo would just decide. He's like, you know what? I'm keep it going. Yeah, we'll see. And I'm here for it. Also, the art is great. I miss Kubo's art. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> the the name choices were very. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love the name choices. I don't know. But um. Yeah. With that being said, let us. Randomize. Randomize. Hellions. Well, we're starting with the X books. These are the X books, but first of which is Hellions. Um, is Hellions number three? Uh, this is the story about the former X Men villains that are trying to become reformed through this uh, through building a team managed by Mister Sinister and Psylocke. Um, and their first mission was to go to Mr. Sinister's old lab and destroy it because apparently someone's been fucking with his old experiments there. And who does it turn out to be? This lady. The Goblin Queen herself. Is that her name, the Goblin Queen? No, that's one of her monikers. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so last time we covered this book, we didn't know who this person was. Um, apparently, she is the one of the a clone of Jean Grey that was once both with Cyclops and Havoc. 
and yeah. uh, she was, you know, she was dating Cyclops for a time and apparently was pregnant. But then Jean came back to life and he just kind of tossed her to the side, it seems. So she became a villain. <laughs> just like, fuck this. And oh, yeah, she, she got shot and lost her baby, right? Yeah. And it turns out she was also not invited to Krakoa. Um, which is interesting. So, you know, as, uh, you know, Havoc's getting up, uh, his mouth was, like, sealed shut by her magic, but then he took a knife and, like, cut it open again, very edgelord, uh, just to talk shit to her. <laughs> just to be yeah. like, let's bitch. I hate you. And then she's like, well, you're going to be my zombie slave now. Meh. Makes out with him, turns him into a zombie. Meanwhile, Psylocke is out here fighting Wild Child, who has just gone berserk. And a lot of what she does is just fight Wild Child. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> to show that she's the strongest. Yeah, I guess Wild yeah, Child's powers. Wild Child's powers like really revolve. He's like the Hulk, but if he needs a fucking alpha around in order to calm him, uh, his powers go berserk if he doesn't have somebody to he respects to keep him in check. Uh, it's an interesting, like, weakness-esque type of deal for his power. Um, meanwhile, this lady's zombie slaves are just beating up the nanny and whoever this Iron Man-esque type dude is. Um, <laughs> and we get a little bit about what his powers are all about. Um, if you crack his shell, then, like, this acid splurts out of his body. It's interesting enough, I guess. Um, we also learn that this dude... Um, was the one who killed, who shot her and um, and killed her baby. Um, oh damn! Yeah, so you know he's getting an extra bad zombie death. Uh, so while that's happening, they're getting alive. Yeah, and while that's happening, uh, she kind of uh, this lady gives us her evil, her full evil plan. Uh, after being scorned by not being invited to Krakoa, she's like, you know what? Fuck this. Then I'm going to take all of Mr. Sinister's mutant clone things and I'm going to put them on the gates of Krakoa and you guys deal with it. <laughs> so fuck you guys. And that's basically her plan. Uh, so, you know, right when it's starting to look really bad and all that stuff, that's when Psylocke kind of gains the respect of Wild Child and they spring into action to save the Hellions. And that's the end of the issue. Um, solid enough. Yeah, Shorty is crazy. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's She's real hurt. Um, yeah, woman scorned and all that. Yeah, they got, they all got sent there to die. That's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, go get, go get smoked and see how you feel after that. Let me bring you back. See if it reforms you a little bit. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Hellions is good. It's not bad. It's uh, it's one of the like middle, down-of-the-road books. It takes a little while for these books to pick up, it seems, like the later ones. So, you know, we just got to be patient with some of them. And we also have to follow all of them because they are all going to be part of X of Swords. So we'll have to see. But uh, the next one on the list is X-Factor number two. Um. For those who didn't watch the bonus episode, uh, the X-Factor are, you know, traditionally a team of investigative mutants. Um, and this is no different. 
essentially, these guys are supposed to mitigate the resurrection process. Uh, there's a big queue and a whole process in order to get people resurrected. And uh, so the X Factor is there to investigate mysterious disappearances or deaths in order to move the queue along and, you know, try to help people get their loved ones back. And the whole thing is just to avoid, like, doubles of anybody being out there, you know, accidentally resurrecting yeah. folks that are already still alive. They put in that groundwork, man. Murder mystery team. Murder mystery team. And you guys should too. Mm-hmm. All right, so we start on Krakoa. This random person just like lightning bolts in and it seems that they have stolen... Oh, they have like this weird box. And um, meanwhile, at the X-Factor house, they're, uh, the headquarters known as the Boneyard, they're welcoming back Aurora, who is North Star, the leader of this team's sister. Uh, she's technically the first case they solved. And, you know, she's just back being shown around and uh, they find the package. And the package is just full of blood. And I guess guts and stuff. So, you know, they have a whole new mystery to check out. Uh, Meanwhile, on Mojo World... Mojo World! (laughs) In the Mojoverse. Yeah, in the Mojoverse, uh, there's been a mutant killed in the Mojoverse, which means the X-Factor have to go to the Mojoverse. Nice. Okay, I didn't know much about the Mojoverse. It's come up in conversation over the years in, in Marvel here and there. Uh, I'm still not entirely sure what it is. <laughs> uh, it, it's another, it, it's, it's basically another universe that gets, um, it has a special property to it where they get, um, they receive like different types of energy waves from um, other universes that affect them for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And one of those energy waves came um, from the regular Earth, you know, where their heroes are from, in the form of, like, the TV and radio signals. Mm-hmm. So the the indigenous creatures from, from the Mojoverse were called the spineless ones. And, you know, they would, they would, you know, they would be affected by this energy, but they wouldn't really understand what was going on. And so one of them, like, started creating um, inventions so that they could see what was going on. And they built their whole culture around like what they see on TV from us mm-hmm. and, and monetizing everything. It's kind of, it's hilarious. It's like a criticism of, uh, yeah. you know, our capitalism. In it's first world it's country, honestly, you know, it's taken over the, it's taken the form this time of basically live streamers and like people who are on social media a ton um, yeah, and, and they're hyper aggressive with it. Like everybody has their own, like a uh, live stream cam as yes. they as they walk around and shit. Yeah, and everyone's trying to like you know get more views and more views. Mm-hmm. And they're hype when the mutants arrive because they're like, oh shit! Like you know, you guys got powers and all of that. It's just lit, y'all are X Men. <laughs> yeah, pretty even much. if they're not super popular. Um. Yeah. Basically, so this whole world is now built around like getting sponsors and you know being a youtube celebrity essentially um and for various reasons certain members of the x factor are chosen to enter and some are not um it's actually kind of funny just like north star isn't allowed in um i don't think dakin was uh 
but I believe Prodigy, uh, what's her name, Polaris and Rachel Summers got in, and there they meet Mojo. Oh boy, I guess like the king of this. Mojo himself. Yeah, he was the one that created all of the inventions in order for him to harness the uh, radio waves in the first place. Exactly. And he's basically—he's actually pretty strong, believe it or not. Yeah, he and he gets stronger when he like. Yeah, like they—I don't know the whole story behind him, but I know that he gets stronger, or rather, like he has an adverse effect when he comes to the regular Earth. Like he he makes everything die around him, and you know yeah. he's really tough to defeat. Yeah, stuff like that. He's essentially yeah, a guy of this not world. Just some some chump. Um. So basically, they're like trying to ask around and find out where this mutant died. Apparently, there was a Krakoan mutant that showed up here in Mojo World trying to get her own stream going. And, Mojo World. Uh, and uh, they narrowed down like the potential suspects to these five streamers, uh, the top five streamers in Mojo World. Uh, I don't think they named them, but this is what their insignia look like. I guess this is their avatar on YouTube. Um Cool designs, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and, you know, they go to their first one, which happens to be a fighting pod. Um, and I guess, like, they, this person gets views by, like, battling a ton of stuff. And, uh, you, know, they, you know, they do as the Romans do and start fighting this guy in order to get some information out of him. And uh, meanwhile, Aurora is watching the battle on the Mojoverse because apparently Krakoa has access to mojo versus channels and well the boneyard does they had they explained earlier that they had like while they were trying to figure out what the what the package was or where it came from they uh they they had to like pay for access information you're right (laughs) yeah they had to pay for the streaming service of mojo um, yeah, it's because because like the information about the mutant dying, like the news for it was behind a paywall, mm-hmm. and that paywall included the subscription for like the television. So, <laughs> you know, they got that. So, you know, in the process of trying to figure out how she died, they ended up getting the streaming service. Yeah. So you know, they she's able to see what's going on, and literally, there's a live cam, there's a live stream camera on every, for every single person. Right. Basically. So. Um, um, so yeah, she's able to watch the battle through these guys' live stream. Um, interesting. I didn't think they would go here. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a very strange place to go for your second issue, but I'm not mad at it. I think it's interesting. I never, I haven't heard about the Mojo verse before this. so It's it made me feel a little insecure at first. <laughs> I mean... But, you know, I just found out a little bit of information and it helped. I was like, okay, it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> at this point with the... Mojo is kind of crazy, but, you know... At the uh, at this point with the X Men books, I'm kind of used to being out of my league in terms of knowledge. Um, the X Men is probably like one of the more m- one of the places of the Marvel universe that I have most trouble remembering or recalling or even understanding the history of because there's so much of it. But um, speaking of X Men, our final X book for the week is X Men number eleven. It is an Empire tie-in, uh, mm. but it's it's more. I like, thought it was over. With the uh, with the other one. No, yeah, there's this last one, I believe is. Um, but I'm at. I could be wrong. There could be a twelfth. The number twelve is probably the last one. Um, but this uh, issue starts out not with Krakoa stuff, but building up X Men stuff. Um, we get this guy that we were introduced to back in the day, at the start of uh, Hickman's run. I forget his name. Is he the? 
Is he a Rocco? I'm not really positive. Oh, his name is the Summoner. The what? He he's the Summoner. He's okay. one of the children of um, of, of uh, War. One yeah. of the uh, uh, Apocalypse's hench, you know, horsemen or whatever. Right. Okay. So yeah, the Summoner, child of Rocco. Yeah, the Summoner. Rocco. 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 Come on, Brian. Brian, say it with us now. Three. Three. You got to go upward. You got to go three, two. There you go. Yeah, like an (laughs) eruption. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay. So we meet the summoner. He's just hanging out, you know, as the summoner do, just by himself like a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah. They even call him a weirdo. Just in a circle with a log there. And these mutants, these mutants pull up to him, and he's like, "Hey, friends! Hey, guys!" I like how one of the mutants was like, uh, "Yeah, so I, I kind of was creeping around, and I seen them, but I think he knew I was there because he just smiled, <laughs> like, like he knew I was looking at him. So mm-hmm. I guess he's chill." Yeah, and they like, all hey, hang what? out. What? <laughs> like you're a mutant, you should know all people how dangerous. People, are, <laughs> you can't just hang out yeah. here. <laughs> okay, so they basically ask him, "What are you doing?" And he's like playing the game, and he's like, "Oh, cool, <laughs> can I play?" And he's like, "How does it work?" And he's like, "Well, there's no clear answers. You know, I mean, it's um, each game is, you'll have whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> game is called. <laughs> there's no." There's no normal English version of it. Uh, it is just Krakoan language, which we all just make weird noises at. Yeah. Uh, the closest English translation to the word is trial or test. So the game is just called test, which is like, once someone says, want to play a game called test, I'm out. Uh, that's usually bad news. <laughs> but um, Yeah, it's like some Jumanji shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to play some Jumanji? <laughs> no. Want to play some Krakoan Jumanji? <laughs> Arakin. <laughs> oh, Arakin. Sorry. Arakin. Uh, okay, so basically the the object of the game is it's this nebulous thing where you have to... It's about discovering your weaknesses and learning how to defend an attack based on your weaknesses. And uh, this rock guy is like, I don't have any weaknesses. And... Uh, oh, yes, you do. Water, grass... <laughs> ground. He's not a Pokemon. Fighting. Yeah, right? <laughs> Am I bugging or? No, I mean, you're not wrong. Types. And, yo, this got guy. a lot of weaknesses, buddy. Man, I hate this dude's face because, like, after he says that, he's like, yes, that's where it starts. <laughs> he says, yes. <laughs> now, this is Hickman, bro. He, I, I like this writing, actually. I like it, too, but you I know hate what's this dude's going face. On, but he's still delivering it really well. This guy just looks hella creepy. I guess that's why the rock guy went forward and said, yeah, I'll play. What's up? Yeah, he goes, I'll play. Um, and he basically, he tells him, it's just like, once this game starts, we can't stop playing it until it's over. Which, it's bad because you, he says he's missed many a meal to this game. I think this rock dude's going to starve to death playing this game. <laughs> he just says, sure, okay. How <laughs> yeah. do we start? So he chooses a piece on the board, and the board, the game piece turns into him. Man, 
creepy as shit. That's when I walk away from the table. I don't know about you guys. It's, yeah, as soon as I have it, nah, you got it, bro. You know. Yeah, okay, so. He picks a piece and he sets it on the board, and uh, it doesn't really matter where he's, he puts it on the board uh, because it's, the game's more about where you end. Very vague terms, but uh, as soon as he puts the game piece down, that is when the Kotati just pull up to Krakoa. And the last panel we see of this sequence is this guy being like, well, that's ominous. And I'm like, that's not good news. <laughs> yeah, this this is obviously a um, this is the part that this is the part of the story that's a, uh, a tie-in, I guess, or a prelude. Yeah, to what's coming next episodes. is about. Well, we get this little yeah. informational thing that's uh, that feels important, um, where it seems like magic is writing to the count, the Quiet Council, talking about how, yeah, I know we're trying to be nonviolent and trying to have more of a you know, a peaceful thing going on here. But can we train some of our guys, you know, because we keep getting invaded and we keep... Yeah, getting... she said it, the amount of, the amount of mutants on, like training is only at 2%. Yeah. And she's like saying like, look, we don't want to militarize our people. We can do so much more. Come on. Yeah, we got to do something because we've been invaded like the... 12 times. Yeah. Oh, man. I was meat people. <laughs> yeah, all these meat people and now vegetable people. Vegetable people, meat and vegetable people. We gotta start. We gotta stop. There's a blacked out version for um, the Omega level mutants, which makes me think that they have a plan for them. Um, but in any case, we then cut to the next day after the Kotati start invading Earth. Uh, I forget this dude's name. <sighs> Shit. Well, one of the Quiet Council is hanging with the kids. Uh, there is a. What the uh, informational little section mentions a, an evacuation plan, like in case things get really bad, there's a sa- a sanctuary for like more civilian mutants to hang out, like kids and whatnot. Uh, and this guy is just like watching over the kids, and he's telling the story about heroes, Krakoan heroes, and basically this issue is focused on Magneto, and it tells the story uh, about. Empire as Magneto, uh, as the hero of the story. And as Magneto is just like kind of meditating naked, he gets a call. <laughs> he gets a call from Magic. And Magic's like, yo, we got some vegetable people pulling up to the fucking, to the fucking island. And he's like, oh, all right. And uh, he dons his old, his classic, his classic look. That classic Magneto. And, uh, you know, he just starts one-shotting all of the Kotati. They're like nothing to him. He's just walking towards, walking through them. Kind of steal spikes through them. Yeah. Steal balls. Yeah, and then he links up with... Steal shrapnel, all that, you know. All that stuff. Things that are devastating to plant types, I guess. Metal is devastating to plant types, right? Um, well... Steel steel is, is neutral against grass, but grass is weak against... Steel, if that makes any sense. Okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, Magneto links up with one of the cuckoos, and she's like, patch me into Sage. And um, he's basically asking Sage to give him, like, kind of a rundown. Uh, and based on, like, the satellites in the sky, Sage sees that there's a ton of fucking people. The attack started on the moon. It's heading down to Krakoa. Uh, Black Tom is doing his thing, doing what he can with his defenses. 
uh, Iceman and Storm are on the north side of the island. While uh, Esme, who is Magma, who usually lives at the summer house, she's chilling with uh, with Cyclops and Beast on the southwest side of the island. Wolverine. And Wolverine. Um, they're, uh, she basically, he basically then commands her to just explode a fucking volcano on Krakoa. And uh, as the uh, magma comes down, he orders uh, Iceman to just cool it down and make it iron, essentially. This is these iron fucking... Oh, man, yeah, pretty dope. Yeah, and then he just goes berserk and kills every Kotati person on the island, I guess. And um, then he makes his way to the moon where he finds this Kotati leader. Oh, no, this isn't the moon, right? No. No, it's correct. He said he was going to the moon but at some point. But first he goes up to this Kotati leader that was assigned to Krakoa. And um, <laughs> he's like, this Krakoan guy turns around and he sees his like horse dog plant hybrid thing killed. <laughs> and my favorite part is like, no. I raised you myself. He gives like the whole backstory of uh, of this fucking dog thing. And he's like, who cares? <laughs> and Magneto's like, I dare, bitch. What up? And um, yeah, as this guy is talking all of his shit, well, uh, Magneto just drops like a couple dozen satellites on his head. Kills him. Yeah. Kills him dead easily. Okay, so, and this is the part that's like, I guess telling is that... Um, he he tells Esme to apologize to Sage for, you know, destroying her satellites and also pay the nations whose satellites he took down. And uh, apparently there were military satellites as well hovering above Krakoa by apparently other governments. And he's like, nah, they foot in the bill on that one. Yeah, he's like, I mean, look, they asked me what I say. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I just <laughs> draw bad satellites. I didn't know there was a bad one in there. And um, that's, and the story ends where um, this guy is basically like singing Magneto's praises and teaching the kids like this is your hero. He is uh, he is one of your heroes. As we cut to um, Magneto on the moon, I guess this is supposed to be Magneto on the moon as he's fighting more Kotati guys. And that's what yeah, Magneto. Is. If I may, so I rem- I know before we we. Really talked a lot about how Hickman kind of hijacked the Empire events. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about what y'all doing, but yeah, I think he takes it a step further. When Magneto is saying, right after he crushes this general that came to Krakow and thinking they was going to really pop shit off, right? Mm-hmm. Nigga says, oh, okay, so um, you said they, they home bases on the moon? He said, okay, so uh, open up a gateway to the moon. Time to put an end to this whole episode. <laughs> Yo, Hickman is rude, my nigga. Like, rude Brian. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, Edgelord Big News, rude Hobo Brian? <laughs> yes, yes. Rude. Yo, Hick- man, Hickman grabbed his nuts and said, what, niggas? Who's, who's the one, who's directing this Empire event right now? You know who's, who's right Slot who's- and um, Al Ewing, <laughs> I think. Who gonna give a fuck about the second person? He says, sit down, little Dance boy. Like, he says, sit down, little boy. <laughs> little ass boy. Boy. Your fantastic forerun is only okay also. 
<laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> it's just, it's a you need me track. to hold that down for you too? <laughs> I already did that. You got my leftovers. Yeah, right. You need me to pick it back up for you, or you, or can you, or can you handle it? Oh my god! Yeah, you know who's this guy that's talking to these kids anyway. I forget his name. I know they said it, but he's one of the council, quiet council people. He's super duper strong. Yes, fake evil, right? Yes, he was one of the villains. I imagine. I, I believe that was on that was inducted into the quiet council. So. It's interesting enough. Um, but I think like the larger point of this is that like there's always been this weird like building of a culture within the mutants where they're they're training kids and training their citizens to kind of like revere their leaders in a sense. And part of that is just kind of like regaling them with these big tales. It's interesting, you know? It's like I guess this is how like a culture is born in a way. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it in particular because they, they have a reason to kind of instill that mm-hmm. in the kids because they were raised, you know, initially because Krakow is still new to, yeah. to a lot of them, so you know they were raised thinking that they were weird or 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 lesser than or mm-hmm. you know just yeah. or they weren't allowed to be themselves. They say, here you go, here's somebody being negative, somebody that people talk shit about, and look at him protect you. So yeah. it was. It, it was it was it was uplifting. It's also I hope that Hickman's not setting uh, Magneto up for something bad. But I mean, I think most people I, that's kind of Magneto uh, Hickman's thing. It's like everybody's super shady deep down. But um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point that you brought up. Is that Magneto specifically, who was who is like the most famous X Men villain, is now being regarded as a hero, super. I feel like that's super important and it's like a very integral part of what makes Krakoa so weird and interesting. It's like a weird, it, I, I don't want to say like a brainwashing-esque type of deal, but it feels a little bit like that because this is one villain telling... Like propaganda, right? Yeah, it's like a propaganda yeah. type of deal, which I'm... So... Which is it's super interesting, I guess. Yeah, it... Y- yeah, it, it is interesting because I, again, like I, I'm, you know... I know that it's not just going to be left at this and that things yeah. are going to change rapidly at some point. But I think for this little message, I don't look at that as like a, uh, like militaristic propaganda or them trying to say, Oh, you're some, you know, yeah. we're like, like nationalistic pride so much more like be proud of who you were born at. Not mm-hmm. like what, what you're affiliated with. You know what I'm saying? Like you should, you, you know, and that, yeah, like with Magneto, like he he changed, like he the way they had the rules not to harm humans. Where before that was his whole mo to to harm humans. Mm-hmm. So it was just a great example of like a man that is like that was this strong and didn't have to change because he was weak. You know what I mean? He chose to change because he felt like it was the right thing to do, and that's what you guys can do. Mm-hmm. That is your leader, and that is who me as a as a villain, you know, I'm proud to to talk of. Regardless of my pride and mm-hmm. and however I feel about the, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that inspires a lot a lot of um, confidence and yeah, and just you know pride. Yeah, yeah. I mean the X Men well book, X Men books in particular are are the building blocks of this whole X Men fucking journey that we're going on on Krakoa. So they're not so much about 
moving the plot forward yet as, you know, setting things up. So I guess down the line when things really start kicking into gear, which is probably after X of Swords is when things are probably going to change a little bit more and be a little more forward. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, with that being said, it is time to randomize. Black Clover. Nice. Yeah, this is Black Clover, chapter 261, Shadows of the Night. Um, we start off, last we left off, Yami was, uh, Yami and William Vengeance were taken by the Bone Man uh, and leaving the rest of the characters kind of defeated and broken and gearing up for a rescue arc, I imagine. Um, so we get a little bit of an epilogue uh, explaining some certain things. They take Asta to one of the healers in, um, I want to say this is back at the Clover Kingdom. Uh, or no, this is the Heart Kingdom because the, they're by the tree, right? No, no, no. They're at the Clover Kingdom because they're at the Golden Dawn's the headquarters. Firmary. Yeah, yeah. And I remember this split. Yeah, the, the healer in the Golden Dawn is basically like, yeah, I... I can heal everything else, but this right arm is something I've never seen before. Um, I'd rather have, I prefer to have other recovery mages take a look, but you know, for right now, I'm glad that you guys are okay for the most part. Uh, and Finral's feeling super down. The only reason they're okay is because Yami and Asta took most of the hits. Um, and meanwhile, the healer is looking at Gauch and is like, I can't even, was he really fucking stabbed in the chest with a sword? And it was all because of Gray's magic, who his her, the true nature of her powers may not be transformation after all. If she can heal this to this degree, um, I don't think she has recovery. Yeah, magic, it has, but I, I don't think it's recovery magic per se. But it might be something to do with just being able to reconfigure matter. Yeah, or something which like would that. Be pretty which sick. Is pretty crazy, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch level. Yeah, type of shit. Other than the actual Scarlet Witch they have on the team. Um, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, she's more different. like she's the full metal she alchemist. Just, mage. She just has rewind. Uh, oh, yeah, she's the airy mage, maybe. She just transforms, she just puts things back in time. I don't know, it's hard to speculate right now. But uh, meanwhile, Asta wakes up from his uh, from his little mini coma and uh, he looks well, he's, over his he's, he's devil on grabbing his crotch. <laughs> he's like, What? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, we know why he wanted his arm. Yeah. You, you, you fucking pervert. Okay, so he looks over to his grimoire. He, he opens it up, and Yami's sword uh, rises up from it, which is interesting. Can he absorb other people's like magic swords into his book? Interesting. I don't know, uh, because it does look tattered when it was fine before. And it's like it adopted his, like it, yeah, like it, like it transformed into his blade. Yeah. Specifically, I guess we're going to get more information on that, but yeah, I feel bad for Asta. He wakes up to that, to, to this just violation from the devil mm-hmm. being groped. And then he gets reminded that his master got yoked up, taken away to the bad land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had to run. He had to go for good intent. Yeah, he immediately gets up, and um, as he's trying to run, I guess, to spring into action, he is um, he is stopped in his tracks by the spy. Shigamaru. 
the spy from um this guy uh from the black bull spy that was infiltrating the diamond the spade kingdom um he's basically standing there like where do you think you're going and he's like i gotta save captain yami is like no you're weak you can't do anything if you can't break out of my spell you can't even you can't there's no way you can save yami hmm. and then um he summons his demon slayer sword and uh evaporates the magic around him um and he attacks again, but then all of these darkness hands come in and subdue him once again. And he's like, no, I, I'm still weak. She could die. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, so he looks up and he notices that this guy has a, uh, the guy that has uh, subdued him has a horn on his head. Wegs are a thing like they're they're basically the half human half demons, right? Oh, he has a black trigger. <laughs> nice, nice, nice um, <laughs> So yeah, I guess he has the devil in him, right? Yeah, he has a devil in him. I'm, oh, oh shit! I didn't see this page. He says I'm the vice captain of the black bulls. Yeah, this guy is. If you want, I'll teach you how to use the devil's power. Holy yeah. shit! He even has a devil companion. Yeah, this is not the vice captain of the black bulls, and now Asta's new teacher, and that's where the chapter ends. Um, at first, I was like, "How many secret black bulls members are there?" But I'm like, you know what? Right? Stop. <laughs> He's a where's his where's his black robot? Well, he's a spy, so he can't just flash his colors everywhere, you know. Oh, I guess they got that one. Yeah, they got had. Uh, it's interesting. His powers seem to be shadow, but Yami's is also shadow. So I'm wondering if he's actually his brother or something. Or that could just be his double power. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm just from throwing that out. place. <laughs> from that place. Uh, I'm just throwing out theories out there. I'm sure we'll immediately be explained what his deal is pretty soon. Um, but I think this is a solid twist. Um, you know, as far as like secret Black Bulls members go, it's better than Henry, who has just been in this house and everybody's been aware of him for like 100 chapters until all of a sudden he's like, I've been here this whole time, audience, and everybody yeah. knew about me. I always, yeah. I always thought Finroll was like. I always thought Finroll was like the co-captain, but I guess not the vice captain. But I guess not. I guess it makes sense. Uh, yeah. No, he's just the only one with like regular sense. What do you mean? Well, you know, everybody else is kind of like a weirdo. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, just the non, the only non-goofy one. Yeah. So it makes you feel like. Yeah, some type of authority. He's got it together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought this chapter was pretty solid. Uh, it's kind of like you know transis- transitionary chapter. Um, I the only thing I thought of is that like maybe this time skip initially was kind of unnecessary if we're just gonna get another training arc. Um. Like I would rather them do right. I would rather have them waited to do a time skip up till now, so then we can have a cooler reintroduction for this rescue arc they're about to go on. Uh, it feels like it's not the worst thing in the world. I'm I'm kind of nitpicking up at this point, but it's like redundant in a way. 
is my only point about that. Um, but that's all I got to say I about agree. Black Clover this week. Uh, I liked it. Solid chapter. Um, you guys ready to move on? Oh, yeah. Then let's get started. Rocket to punch! Suicide Squad. Uh, mm. We are on Suicide Squad number six. Um, last we left off in this series, again, we covered it in the bonus episode, in the bonus episode of the pod. But um, Deadshot tried to go home and tried to quit the Suicide Squad, but of course they were not going to let him quit that easy. Uh, the cops showed up immediately to his house and started causing trouble. His uh, ultra arrow daughter saved the day a little bit. <laughs> And, you know, now he's back joining the Suicide Squad because he can't just go home because they're just going to keep hounding him for the rest of his life and he doesn't want his family to be affected by that. So we're at this new point in, like, technically, I guess, new, a new arc. And we start to get a little bit more of a reason for Ted Cord, a.k.a. the Blue Beetle, why he's suddenly a villain now and is going after the uh, the Suicide Squad as it is. And apparently one of the new Suicide Squad members is from this country that has a huge oil reserve. Um, mm. And Ted Cord is just trying to make a, a mini empire off of that. So what he did was like he started building a lot of military power around him and his company. He bought the Suicide Squad from the U.S. government and tasked them to basically capture these kids and, you know, create an easier entryway to that natural resource. Uh, it's a more intricate <laughs> um, backstory or like reason than I thought it would be, but I didn't really expect a whole lot. So, you know, I'm okay with this, this reason. It's a lot of backstory uh, about how Aerie and, uh, and Blink met. They met it in a super prison. Uh, super prison. Super prison. Well, Wait. yeah. And experiments on people. Yeah. Yeah, Aerie was like uh, the daughter of a president of her country, and she basically sacrificed her daughter, which is Aerie, to these people in order to save her country. And those people didn't really find much of a use for Aerie, so they sold her to this laboratory that was experimenting on people. Blink was one of the people that was being experimented on, as well as the explodey kid that died recently in, uh, in a couple issues ago. Right, or is this guy still alive? I don't know. Because <laughs> I remember it's him dark, dying. To be honest. No, I remember someone on this team dying, and I think it was this Explodey kid. Um, but he was one of two people. He was one of the, a pair of Explodey people. and um, Oh, shit, yeah, you're right. And he got bodied. Yeah, but uh, they only met... When they first met, they only managed to rescue um, one of these kids from the former Suicide Squad. Uh, the girl had to be left behind for some reason, right? Mm. Or is this kid left behind as well? I'm not exactly sure. No, they they they, um, they split the twins up to begin with. Okay, yeah. Amanda Waller took uh, took. Uh, oh yeah, Amanda Waller took the girl, and the boy went to this prison with these kids and um you know they escape again um they make it out and that's how they met and all that stuff so basically they're like all right well we now we know our mission we have to totally fucking murder ted cord before he uses the 
big one in the basement. He has another super person that he didn't, that since he bought the Suicide Squad from Amanda Waller, he got this other piece of the pie, which is the girl twin that uh, Amanda Waller took. So basically he's got her as a secret weapon and apparently this other shadow figure as well. And that's where the issue Mm. ends. Um, Pretty good chapter, uh, pretty good issue. Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Suicide Squad is is on the same level of kind of well, almost at the same level of kind of enjoyment I get out of Daredevil, where it's not like a massive impact on the universe, but it's a good read still. Um, so I just want to sing its praises as much people to get pick it up because I like good books to be successful. Hopefully, it doesn't get canceled ever. Because we have had a couple of camp- cancellation recently in yeah. DC. Sad. It's always sad. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, do you guys want to move on? Yep. Let's right. go. Oh, wait. I wasn't prepared a little bit. But uh, it is Dr. Stone. We are on Dr. Stone chapter 162 Down the Earth Stained Path. Um, Last we left off with Dr. Stone, uh, the, the, ki- the Team Chrome was basically trying to find a way to infiltrate Zeno's lab, and the way they figured is that they're going to build a drill. Uh, and now this chapter is basically the process they take into building this drill. They uh, call Kaseki, who is the craftsman of the island, to just really quick whip up a fucking drill, um, and he does it because he's fucking Kaseki and he is a god. Um, yes. And so we learned that I learned not to question that at all. The same way I don't question Kurarisis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, they're like, yeah, but even if we have this like drill, it's going to be like it's going to take a lot of manpower in order to m- make it actually work. Th- work. So they decide to send the man with the strength of a hundred. It's Taiju. Uh, Taiju being the... Like, damn, how are we going to get out of this impossible situation? (laughs) Oh, yeah, we have some metahuman. Yeah, we basically have (laughs) the people who are the absolute best at their craft at 14 years old. Um, Yeah. And Taiju is basically the workhorse. Um, Speaking on that, I like... It's a lot like Ice Shield 21. Yeah. I forget the uh, the artist's name, the author's name, but he seems to like characters who are like hyper specialized. That's why he took to football. Is that every yeah. role on a football team is kind of specialized, and everybody does one thing that they're very good at. Um, and Doctor Stone is no different. Taiju is essentially like the labor force of this new society, and uh, he basically fucks off to go find them and help them build their drill and and operate it where he runs into Zeno's men and he takes one of them voluntarily because he, he's like, you're going to follow me anyway. You might as well chill with me. And, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. So he brings them over to uh, Team Chrome and they immediately tie him the fuck up and they're like, why did you bring him here? He's like, Carlos is a good dude. Right, Carlos? You're cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, they brought over the drill, not only that, but also the, uh, the drone that they built earlier and through all these spare parts, Chrome essentially builds their drill, which is pretty cool. Um, 
And uh, Taiju, being that it's not like a, a fully mechanical drill, it has to be man-operated. So they make Taiju do it. And Taiju starts drilling through the underground with his super strength. Um, I liked it. <laughs> that was Dr. Stone. I really enjoyed reading through this Pretty one, dope. actually. Um, I, I like how, the, I like how um, the American spy that got caught up is like, yeah, he these can- are children? Yeah. <laughs> There's only like 10 people. They did all of this? Yeah, he's and like... And he's looking at Ty... Oh, uh, not Ty... He's looking at... Co- <laughs> he's like... <laughs> working mad hard, and he's like, whoa! <laughs> like, I've never seen... A I've child works so shit. intensely. Yeah. And that's just... He just has the exact reaction that I think any of us would. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I mean, this was a fun one to read through. Usually when Dr. Stone does these like science-heavy chapters, there's a lot of dialogue to go through. <laughs> and But this one was like cool because it's not like Senku's form of science where it's very chemical and stuff. It's more like an engineering type of deal. And it was like kind of bare bones. It was very heavily focused on, I guess, the art style and the characters, like actual, the way they are, you know, like their personalities yeah. and whatnot. So I it was a fun read. Um but that's all I gotta say about Dr. Stone. You guys wanna move onward? I'm ready. Are you ready, Brian? No. All right. Well So give us your thoughts on Doctor Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <clears throat> Doctor Stone is it's just Doctor Stone, you know? It, yeah, I know. <laughs> Not much. To I'm gonna save you, Brian. Uh, let's let's just. Move let's, on. I'm gonna save you. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, here we go. Oh, good. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Batman, yes. Batman, three Jokers. <sighs> We're finally here. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. for those of you who more joke. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Batman Three Jokers is a story that was teased in 2016. Uh, it was a story that. Wow. Yeah. So four years ago, there was a story called The Apocalypse Dark Side War, which ended with uh, Batman sitting. Batman has been sitting in the Mobius chair, which is basically the source of all knowledge in the DC universe. And he asks who the Joker really is. The Mobius chair replied, which one that is what this is about essentially solving that plot line um this is a three issue series uh they're going to be super long issues just like you know it's like kind of an event ish type of deal um but the story basically centers around three simultaneous crimes that happen in gotham city uh and it's focused around the three people that the Joker has influenced the most, which is Batman, of course, Batgirl, and Red Hood. Uh, mm. And each one of these Joker sightings has kind of like a theme to it. Uh, so first we learn of the one that Batman focuses on, uh, Joker number one, the criminal. He seems to have murdered an entire crime family. Uh you know, as you know, right. as the Joker does, that's the criminal aspect to him. Barbara's, uh, when Barbara picks up on the story, Barbara sees that the Joker has murdered a comedian, uh, and that's how 
Yeah. On live just, on a live feed. Yeah, violently murdered a comic. And um Red Hood has been already on the Joker's trail at this point. He was on it before all this started happening. And he seems to be keyed in on a uh, a murder that happened on a famous author that was interviewing Arkham patients. Um, and that was the clown Joker. Uh, each one of these has like kind of, each one of these Jokers overtakes. A, yeah, they represent like an era. Yeah, an era. Or like specific a, yeah. event. The killing joke Joker is, is I guess the only one that's kind of like not really specific to it. It was just that one event yeah but then you know you have like the uh the criminal joker that was like the early one and then you had the clown one yeah I would, uh, I, I would it's say. kind of funny I, I thought they were going to kind of talk about scott snyder joker too i thought he was different as well yeah i mean we'll get into you know that because i have some thoughts on that myself but um i think it's more it's not that these jokers are defined by events is that these events define like the joker of that time mm. so each of these jokers is more like a an asset of joker's personality because joker is so different from story to story uh the yeah. criminal joker is the cold calculating joker the criminal that knows what he's doing he's highly intelligent um the clown the the comedian joker is i guess the anarchist in a way just the one yeah. that's trying to be poetic and trying to have like some kind of for lack, I guess, of a better term, like this artistic view of why he does what he does. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, the clown is the jokey one, the really crazy one with all the gimmicks and, you know, that just kind of the chaotic one that just kind of does things without any rhyme or reason. Those are the, uh, the jokers we're dealing with. On top of the three murders that have happened all simultaneously, there are three, men's that, three men that were found in Ace Chemical who were all murdered by the Joker and also uh, infected with the same chemical that he was. Um, there's no way to identify them because, like the Joker, these toxins affect your body so much that you just become unidentifiable. Like it fucks up your teeth to a degree that they can't even do dental records and so on and so forth. Uh, but it turns out one of the Joker victims survives. He's, uh, he's just like, help me, and they take him away. Um, and so Batman is giving them a police escort, well, a Batman escort, while he's on his way to one of the crime scenes, one of the other crime scenes that the Joker left behind, when inside of the ambulance, Red Hood has disguised himself as one of the paramedics and is like, tell me where the Joker is. <laughs> so they have this... <laughs> <Those bucket. laughs> yeah. So edge. Yeah, they have... Much edge. Uh, they basically, you know, calm the whole situation down. Um they calm down Red Hood, essentially. And uh, while this is happening, a truck pulls up to... Um, a truck that was stolen from Ace Chemical pulls up to a, a cabin in the woods. And um, it is Joker answering the door for Joker. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not a gimmick. These are legitimate Jokers. They are yeah. two, two of the same person. Um. And, uh, you know, they gather around. It's like, let's go see the boss. You know, basically, the boss Joker, who is the criminal Joker. Um, meanwhile, we get a little bit more clues from Red Hood after everything settles down. Uh, apparently, the people that were taken by the Joker and left at Ace Chemical were all homeless people, like juiced up homeless people 
who were like, oh man, the hobos. Yeah, the hobos. <laughs> Save the hobos. Uh, <laughs> why are you looking so dramatically? Um. Okay, so yeah, basically, Red Hood's like, man, these guys weren't no fucking victims. They were, they were junkies and shit. And one of them has a rap sheet. He beat his kid. That's why I wasn't so soft on them, you know, because fuck them. Mm-hmm. They were dicks. Well, if you say so, Red Hood. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. Okay, so we then cut to this big splash, dramatic splash page. Boss Joker, criminal Joker. He's basically like, um, I guess, um, delegating tasks to the other Jokers. Um, they flip a coin to see who does what. And um, one of them goes with him. Like he sends, we don't know who, which Joker goes with him. I think it's actually the clown one while the comedian goes off to do something else to gather uh, the factory, as he calls it. Mm. And uh, yeah, the Batman, Red Hood, and, and Batgirl all show up at the aquarium because some clues lead them there. And apparently Joker has Jokerized an entire fish tank full of sharks and fish. Uh, there's a smiling shark in there and uh, one of uh, Joker's very old henchmen named Gaggy shows up they start a fight scene you know all that jazz and uh, eventually Gaggy gets eaten by one of the sharks after Red Hood just shoots the glass and he gets devoured and that's when I guess the clone the clown Joker shows up and he starts to distract them with his arm brand Clownfish. Yeah. Clown piranhas. Yeah. Jokerized piranhas. Like, jeez, man. <laughs> um, they knock his ass out, and uh, Batman's like, all right, I got to go because Jim Gordon found the other Joker. Um, so he fucks off, and he says, tie him up, wait for Arkham Transport to get here, you know, and be careful because he's probably got booby traps all over the place. And he does. He has his sharp cards, all that <clears> stuff. <throat> And um, Red Hood and Batgirl are kind of talking like, yeah, this is, it's him. He sounds exactly like him, but he's a little different. He hasn't used this old gimmicky shit in so long. It's, yeah, he's a little slimmer too. Yeah, he's slimmer. What the fuck? And then like this Joker starts taunting, like just trolling Red Hood. He's like, haha, you use my old. Oh, bad. Yeah, he's like, you use my old fucking moniker, my whole look before I became the Joker because you swagger jacket ass little. <laughs> Let me tell you about this stuff. Yeah. Oh, he lays it on bad. Yeah, he he hits him really hard, um, and uh, it pushes uh, Red Hood to just like pull out his gun, and he's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm gonna kill this guy right now. Um, and Barbara tries to stop him, but it's too late. She misses, and then. Red Hood actually kills Clown Joker. Why is this fucking brain mad? So you gotta understand, it's not that this wasn't just Red Hood being mad at. This was apparently the Joker that beat the shit out of him with yeah, a crowbar. That, you know, that beat him to death. so he's saying shit how like, oh, like look at your dumb ass running around doing exactly what I wanted. I didn't even care about killing you or hurting you. That's why I didn't murder you. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I didn't care if you died or not. It was really just a hurt man. So it's your dumb ass. What else? Nigga said, yo, when I was beating you, you remember what you told me? Stop. I'll, 
I'll be your Robin. Please stop. Yo, I was like, oh, kill him. Kill him, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no. Nah. At first, I was like, please don't do this. Please don't just kill this nigga. Then he kept, then the Joker kept going and going. And I was just like, mm, kill him, Jason. Yeah, he's going to get fucking shot. <laughs> and I'm not mad. Whatever happens. <laughs> yeah. All Bro, right. Barbara, he even, Barbara tries to check him about it. He's like, listen. You miss your battering. You're the best bat person out of all of us. You're even better than Bruce Wayne because you're a female in today's day Jesus and name, right? So <laughs> I love women, yo, and, and they deserve more. Um, they deserve to be represented. No, no, no. I'm saying they deserve to be represented more and and better in comics and as the strong fit. Not yeah. critical, but you know it is a bit of a trope now. Yeah. I call it. I call it. Doesn't mean I can't support it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, she missed, and because she's so nice, he says, "Nah, you missed because you know he. It was time for this nigga to die." And she walks away and calls him an asshole for telling her the truth. It's crazy, man. Women these days. <laughs> <laughs> Get mad at you. You did the thing. You missed. <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you knew I was going to shoot him. You're the one that... Yeah, you could have shot that boomerang straight into my gun. Stopped it. That's, that's right. You go ahead and be toxic. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Not Dick. Um, go ahead and be toxic. Um, Jason? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Batgirl right. fucks off. And um, <laughs> Red Hood's like, man, now that I've cooled down, this is probably a bad thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Nigga says, I hope that's the right one. Because <laughs> there's another... Uh, yeah, because there's two other Fucking Yeah. This could be a fake person. But he was talking like he knew exactly what's going on. And that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the first issue. That was the end of it. Oh, no, there's more. Uh, also going to be a Death Metal Trinity Crisis event. That sounds... Not gonna lie, way too fucking epic for what we're seeing right now. But I mean, um, we'll see. In my opinion, and then we have something called the Endless Winter. Yeah, that's the event after all this shit goes down. Uh, Damn, are yeah. they starting to get like Marvel? Yeah, I, I'll give DC a little bit of a break because they they're just like in such a weird place, and they've been trying to catch up with themselves for so long that I think Endless Winter is like all right. We're back on track. We're caught up with everything we're supposed to have been caught up on. Let's get into the real stuff. But um, in terms of Batman 3 Jokers, uh, Josh, you mentioned the Scott Snyder Bat uh, Joker. I mean, I don't know, man. This is it's, it's hard to judge this because it should have been here earlier. You know, this is like yeah. the last Rebirth era story. You know? Yeah. Like we it's had... Kind of sad, actually. I'm... I miss Rebirth. I yeah. say it every week what I do. And apparently this book was delayed a lot because the artist was like working on it. Uh, it seems to happen a lot with Jeff Johns. He just chooses artists who like take forever. Um, it's like he tells them, listen, listen, I don't give a fuck. You will draw my story the right way. I don't care how long it takes. <laughs> fuck about the continuity. Yeah. I am continuity. <laughs> I am Johns. <laughs> shit revolves around me not anymore I mean like he's basically out of com- out of the comic side I think Yikes. like this is the last this and Shazam is the only thing he's been writing but um 
Jeff Johns has been writing Shazam. Yeah, he's been writing it. It's almost over. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. he's uh, that book's almost done. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's man. where Superboy was came out of. Apparently, Superboy was in, in the Shazam. Anyway, <laughs> talk about we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually pretty important. But he was in a prison in one of those lands, which mm-hmm. makes sense because it's a magical place. So there's a place to lock someone like Superboy Prime. That would be it. Yeah. Uh, ah man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Batman Three Jokers. I liked, I guess, the writing of it. Uh, the art's great, but I'm, I'm like, it's too far. I'm just, I'm not, I'm trying. You know, I know this may sound shocking to me, but I'm really trying to just ignore the whole continuity aspect of it because of literally the pandemic. I'm not gonna just like lie to my. I know that shit is fucked up right now, yeah. and I shouldn't expect too much in that regard. So I'm just going to try to take this issue by issue and, and enjoy the story for what it is and what they want to get. Yeah, um, same. But um, I guess like I, my concern about it was like, how will it fit? How will it fit into the continuity? Really? Like, is this going to? I think they're going to find some way. I think that there's going to be a, a some type of twist to this that like we're not going to expect because they're really trying to lead us to believe that something is a certain kind of way, and then it's going to. And then it's going to kind of fall in line with whatever else is happening. We're going to say, oh, okay, now we see. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'll right. tell you this. I have a theory right now. I think that the Scott Snyder Joker is the one in charge and he created the three guys or something like that. I think that there's another, this like someone behind the scene. Yeah, I mean. And then that's like either a different Joker like Scott Snyder's or someone else altogether. But I mean, the Joker's been, I mean. There's still the Joker war going on and shit. You know what I'm saying? Maybe these guys fused in one. We'll see. We'll I mean, see. you know, there's still a whole lot of story. There's still two issues, and these are going to be longer-sized issues, so there's probably going to be a lot into them. Uh, I'll be patient. I'm just saying, like, my initial thoughts are like, I like it, but I'm wary, you know? I'm wary about how much this is actually yeah. going to matter in the long run. Um, but I'm here for it. Uh Anything else before we go? All right. It's time to randomize. My, my Brian Academia? Yes. My Hero Academia. Is, is My Hero Academia? I guessed it. Chapter 281 plus Ultra. Um, last okay. Year. RGC? RGC? All right. Yeah, just that toss right there, you know. Sir, the streak continues. I don't know if I agree with this one, but I'll toss it. It was close, bro, for what it's worth. If that it makes was you feel close. Better. Here's, I'll explain. It was close. There. But um, last we left off, Endeavor was like, you, you don't got shit to fight for, and that's why you're going to lose. And uh, Shigaraki's like, oh, don't I? Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, he, he goes off to kind of, I guess explain his mission statement. He's basically like, you heroes pretend to be society's guardians and you know, you pretend to see though not see those who you can't protect. You sweep their pain under the rug. And basically his beef with heroes is that like not only do they make these sacrifices and they hurt their family to save strangers, these strangers don't pay it forward and they become kind of coddled and very reliant on heroes in their society. Um, so basically he's mad. I understand being upset about it. Don't really. Well, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but I didn't yeah. live his life, so I'm not going to judge. Well, we'll get to that <laughs> when we get to it because I have some thoughts. Um, but in any case, he's like, yeah, I don't. Uh, that's my thing. I'm mad at my grandma for leaving my dad. And also, after she left her dad and became a hero, nothing really changes in the world. Everybody still stinks. And uh, as he's, like, going on his whole spiel, uh, Endeavor just like, fuck you, I'm rested up now. And he blasts him with fire. Um, and he's like, thanks for the breather. You know, Thanks for the breather, <laughs> fucking chump. He called me <laughs> monologuing. You remember yeah, from Incredibles? Ahead, yeah. Okay. You remember from The Incredibles where he was like, you called me monologuing, <laughs> you sly dog. <laughs> You sly dog, yep. <laughs> yeah, I caught, caught your ass. I'm the number one hero, nigga. What you think? I'm going to take it. I'm not going to take advantage of this opportunity. Hold all of this fire. Well, he does Hold all of this extra fire so I can't see where you're at after my blast. Yeah. Because all the other ones were super effective, right? Yeah, he just it definitely him. worked. Yeah. Shigaraki just jumps up and he's like, yeah, I got you now, bitch. But then Gran Torino comes in, knocks him to the ground. Pretty cool. Um, but then like Shigaraki just grabs his leg as he's trying to escape and just blows it the fuck up oh man yeah and I was like Gran Torino yeah I was I was upset I was glad that he couldn't use his quirk to fucking delete him but he definitely hurt him yeah he crushed his foot with his like natural super strength and you know they're all trying to like close in on him uh, we get this little flashback as Gran Torino's on the ground like fuck Jesus Christ just look it up at Shigaraki and we get this little flashback of the day that uh that yes literally he's like what? like he's hurt he's like oh my fu- dang nigga oh man Shigaraki Jesus what a face yes whoa what did I miss like <laughs> I, he however bad he thought it was he he was like humbled there and understood, like, oh, he's really, really like. <laughs> he's very mad. Yeah. Um, and as this nigga is, yeah, as he's kind of reflecting on Shigaraki's pain and remembering the day that uh, that Nana Shimura left her family, and basically she, he remembers like the pain that she went through. You know, she's like, yeah, I erased my records of ever having him, so on file I don't have a son. So you know, he can't take advantage of that connection. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's when we cut back to the present, and Gran Torino is impaled by Shigeru. That's what it looks like. Um, yeah, like I mean, I don't want to give him the Mario death sound effect until I see him dead, but you know, we'll we'll hold that off. Um, and you know, the pain on Deku's face. Can we give him a bloody cross? Sure. Bloody. And since he gives him like an extra violent punch downward, yeah, sends his guts flying everywhere. Yeah, his old guts probably look like overcooked ramen noodles. (laughs) You know when it's the real, they're too soft. Yeah, ill. I hate that shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the pain on Deku's face right now. He's like. I couldn't get there fast enough, you know? And um, as Deku is about to attack, that's when Shigaraki just did, like makes a beeline towards Aizawa because he knows that like he has to get rid of this guy. Um, 
And right before he gets there, he is intercepted by Ryukyu-Ku. Um, again, you know, she's doing the thing. Ryukyu, her name is. Yo, yeah, like she's she's there in the clutch trying to stop him. Yeah, she came in like Thank a person. Thank she doesn't have his fucking delete powers, man. Oh, oh my God. God. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like stuck right there. And, you know, she has him like stuck in a hole in her hand. She took a fucking hit. And this is a little bit of a kind of like a confusing sequence of art for me where it looks like she just like crushes the top of his head with her other hand. But then he ends up on the outside of her somehow. I'm I'm unsure how, if that makes sense. I think his hand does. If you, I, I don't know. If you look at the top panel, she, he punched she, her. Hmm? He punched through her. Yeah, but then she's like over her. He's like over her other hand that she grabbed. Oh him. yeah, yeah. This you know what I mean? Drawn weird. Yeah, because initially you could see like she has her in the hands. So unless he maybe just broke out of the hands real quick, and that's how it is in the freeze frame. Like he's knocked out of it. Yeah, and but then, then that's when um he has her hands like stuck together like this now it's it i mean i don't know maybe it'll be clearer when it's animated uh it I looks just, like he punched out or something like yeah look on the bottom like over here it's it's not really made clear what happens but you can see he kind of moves her and kind of gets out of her grip of, yeah but, but then, she's still blocking his way but then now her hands are like this somehow like through him you know what i mean who knows? Maybe she like maybe like punched off all of her fingers from her, her like, fingers are mad crusty. <laughs> is that in my is that wrong for that? Uh no. Probably they're probably like very dry. She is a dragon. Mm. <laughs> I thought dragons are regal. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Right. Well for whatever whatever it's worth, uh he's stuck there. Deku just immediately latches onto him and uses his black whip powers. Um, he, he he takes the elbow real fast. And like, Bam! He says, man, get the fuck off me, little boy. Get, get off me. Right? And Deku's like, I won't forgive you. And like, I won't forgive anybody. Bam. Get off me. <laughs> Um, okay, so, you know, Deku still hangs on. He uses his black whip to bind him up. And Endeavor's coming in for, like, just, I guess, his plan is he's going to... One punch. more good hit. He's going to... Rombo Happy feet, happy fate. I mean, I guess he's planning to punch through Deku to get to... I don't know how he, what his plan yeah, is. Yeah, right? He's not going to him. No, because Deku, Deku's binding him, so he's just going to punch him while he's stuck. Yeah, hopefully. No, he, but he's he on his jump back. Off of it. Yeah, he's on his back, but that doesn't mean Deku's gonna die or get hit by it. I mean, obviously Deku's not gonna die. Deku would have to jump off right as he makes contact, or he's gonna get fucking fried. Yeah, but um, as Endeavor's like winding up to just give him all he's got, um, that's when it's revealed that Shigaraki has one of the power stealing bullets in his palm, made from Ares' blood. And he's about to use it on somebody. Uh, it's probably going to be Endeavor. Uh, yeah. Imagine God that. Endeavor loses his powers. Not Endeavor. I think it, looks like gonna, it looks like he's I aiming it through the crack. I think oh, he's, he is aiming uh, at Aizawa. Um, oh, I didn't at, even see at, that. Uh, Sorry. 
what's his name with the that with that cancels out his quirk. Yeah, no, you're right. He is aiming at. If Aizawa. he takes him out, it's over. Oh, that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna take out Aizawa's quirk. Unless like the um, bullet thing with a super Bakugo is gonna jump in front of the bullet. No. Damn, I hope not. Not Baku. I, I jump in front of that fucking bullet. I, I I see it now. I don't know. Because I don't know. I think that just paints them into a real. If if Bakugo loses his powers but doesn't die, it's it's a strange way to move his story. It's like Mario. Yeah, I or think it like, makes more sense that Aizawa that loses way. his powers for yeah. the story. So then Shigaraki has a chance of like to body everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I mean, we, we, I don't know. This arc has been like surprise after surprise so far. So, you know, I don't know where he's going. I don't profess to know. So I'm not going to make any assumptions. Uh, this is a very good chapter, a really good chapter of My Hero Academia. Uh, we'll have to see what happens next in that regard. But I am here for the ride as per usual. Do you guys have anything? Oh, yeah, I did actually have something to say now that I'm looking at my notes. Uh, Josh, we wanted to talk about, I guess, like the, um, what Shigaraki's reasoning is and why he's upset. That's one of the, I guess that's one of the things I never really, one of the negatives I placed under My Hero Academia, I never connected mm-hmm. so much with Shigaraki as a villain. Um, yeah, still, it's still kind of weird to me, even though I do understand it a little bit more clearly. Yeah, that's but. what I felt after reading this, where I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess I understand his motivation a little bit more. But I guess we've been with him so long, and I think, and it is a, uh, a an intentional mechanic of the story, where if he is his dark mirror, he's also learning about himself and who he is during this process. It's very intentional. I don't think it's like a failing on my hero academia's part. It just hasn't connected with me so much, and I feel like this chapter was a step in the right direction in that regard. But I'm still not fully on board if that makes sense um, uh, his motives yeah I mean I understand it now I understand a little bit more um, I just feel like it's a strange it's a strange backstory and it's a strange motive that I'm not like entirely invested in yet maybe down the line for sure but what I'm saying is the positive is that I feel a little better about it now than I did a little while ago you know, yeah, I, I, I definitely do too. I, I was still kind of caught up, but now I, um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel it the same way I do, like with, with, with some other villains. I guess definitely when it comes to like some of the American comics as well. But I just think there's, there's just more to him. There's more we're gonna learn. That, um, what I really liked about this chapter is that all it did was was murk things up and make things more less predictable because I really don't know what direction this is about to go. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to aim for Aizawa Sensei. I don't know what, if he's really going to get hit or like, you know what I'm saying? This is, that's good. I, I like this for my hair. I, can do. Yeah. I, I like, I like that there's a lot of different possibilities and a lot of different routes uh, this could take. And I think that there's plenty of time for Shigaraki to still develop. So for I'm sure. not going to, be too down over it. I really like this chapter. Me too. Um, it took me a little bit. Oh, I read super duper like 
excited for next week. Like, yeah, I read this chapter a couple times over because, like, at first, I think that's the problem with Shigaraki. Yeah, I read this more times than the other one. Too, I think honestly. this is the problem. This was the problem with Shigaraki as a villain is that it's not explained super well. All like his motives exactly. Like, it wasn't until we realized that, like, his you know the 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 superhero chick had to like get like. Leave him like his mom. Wait, so hold on, hold on. That was his mom. No, it was no, his, his grand grandmother. His left gra- his dad. That's his grandmother. His Nana dad. is his grandmother. Yeah, his the previous owner of All for One, One for All, was his grandmother. And in order okay. to fight All for One, she left his dad behind, like, and basically erased and her. And they didn't. And he couldn't understand that. Well, yeah. The fuck. Yeah, I mean, his dad grew up super bitter, and you know, as as unfair as it is, and is, and that's kind of the point. It's kind of like as unfounded as like his anger was. He passed that down onto Shigaraki by abusing him, and being angry at him for his desire to be a hero. Um, mm-hmm. I, Shigaraki wanting to be a hero brought up all those feelings into him. It brought up all that negativity in his life, and that's why he yeah. was the way he was. And so Shigaraki also developed a hatred for heroes as a result. Um, and yeah, I guess it really just took this chapter to, and I think that's, I think Horikoshi sensed that in himself and that's why he made this. It's like, all right, this is what this character is about. And the rest of the development is kind of nurturing this point in his life and nurturing his, his mm. worldview in this direction. So um, yeah. I'm I'm here for it. I'm glad I understand it a little better. Um, that's all I got to say about my hero academia. You guys, uh, you guys want to say one more thing before we go? No, that was well said. I feel the same. All right, let us randomize. One Piece. Uh, we are in One Piece chapter nine hundred and eighty-eight. Sorry for the wait. Um. Man, I think uh, I'm not gonna give it the RGC. It was like a close one. I was, I felt like on second read. You know what? I'm gonna give it my RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. I was pretty hyped by this chapter a little bit, and uh, I don't know. I, I felt like this is how I felt. Um, okay. But last we left off, um, we had. Uh, Kaido about to face off with the entire island of Zo. Uh, they're all gathered around and like, yeah, bitch, guess what? It's a fucking full moon. We're all going to turn into monsters. And um, that's when Jack and his crew and the rest of uh, his gifters show up and they're like, yeah, he's not going to face him alone, you dummies. <laughs> We're not going to just let him fight you guys by yourselves. Um, and um, the uh, the leaders of the island of Zoro basically like stay back everyone that's Jack he fucked us all up before um, and they're like nah we're not gonna sit back and let that happen and uh, Rizo's like hey Jack that fucking samurai you were looking for it was me the whole time bitch I was there I was there yeah you bitch <laughs> they defended me and you and you didn't win you dumb bitch ah. they took all they took your worst. You chopped off these people's hands and you still didn't get me. It's a pretty cool moment. Um, and as the battle's about to begin, everybody turns into their uh, into their uh, Sulong modes 
and the battle begins atop the the yeah. giant skull. Uh, in the meantime, we cut back to the uh, the square as everybody's fighting. Um, Shinobu just ninjas her way onto the uh, the cross that Momonosuke is on and tries to get him loose. Uh, King sees her and just like tosses her shit, <laughs> just blasts her into this fucking wall, knocks her mm-hmm. out. And um, everybody's like, holy shit, is she okay? But uh, the despair doesn't last very long as Momonosuke's chains just break off. And everybody's like, the fuck? And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what time it is. As uh, Momonosuke seems to be flying in midair, who's there? Who's fucking there to save the day? Fucking stealth black Sanji. Oh, yeah. Sangoro. <laughs> Oh my god, so cool. This part got me. I've been a Sanji fan for so long. It's just so cool to fucking see this guy do something. And man, it's vintage Sanji. Sanji goes off. Everybody thinks he's being stupid. And he's fighting against fucking King Holy. Boy. Shit, man. One. I didn't think they was going to throw Sanji him. <laughs> yeah, so. Yo. So he, he throws Momonosuke over to Shinobu and um, King turns into his full dinosaur form, knocks Sanji into Which a is a pterodactyl. Yeah, the pterodactyl. And he Pretty knocks cool. Sanji. I didn't really see that. I don't know why I didn't see that coming. It makes, it, make, it makes a ton of sense now. Well, he showed it before. Did he say that? He showed his powers before. But his wings, they don't even look like pterodactyl wings. In oh, he showed it before? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. All right, so he knocks Sanji into a building, and it's Sanji's 1v1 fight in this arc. Let's go. We'll see. He slammed into go. a separate building all by himself, so we'll see. Let's go. 1v1 fights. We haven't had one of these in so long. Um, so while that's happening, Big Mom just starts wiling out. She uses her uh, Ikoku sovereignty, blasts a fucking hole in the wall. Sovereignty? What is Ikoku's sovereignty. Yeah, she used that move before on Whole Cake Island. Um, and everybody's like, Jesus Christ, we have. What to- is it? A slash? Yeah, it's a That's slash. The whole through the fucking. Oh no! Okay, all right, all right. You guys, you guys don't know, but all the way back in Little Garden, you remember the two giants? Mm-hmm. This was the move they used when they blasted a hole through that giant goldfish. Oh, yeah, I just looked up the definition of Ikoku, and it means land of barbarians. Yeah, this is the move. Uh, it was on Little Garden. Yeah. Remember when they were being eaten by the goldfish? They blasted a hole through it. Wow. It, this is an Elbaf technique. Damn. Yeah, that's a, a giant. So she's technically a giant, right? Or do they just? No. Oh, did they just think she was a giant because how big she was? I don't think Big and Mom's a giant, no. Uh, but she does have beef with them for some reason. That is unexplained as of right now. I think because they wouldn't marry her. So I'm like, I don't know. Well, she doesn't yeah, have. Yeah. She doesn't have. She she has this book where she collects one of every species and giant. There's an empty space in there. She's always wanted one, but they for whatever reason she was never able to capture one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, well, that's a cool little uh, fun little fan servicey thing that I made for myself. Um, I'm a little yeah, that, that's actually pretty dope. I didn't know. I, I love. That's why I love One Piece, man. For stuff like that. Yeah, 
I mean, fun fact. Man, this I, was a really, really dope chapter, man. I I pulled this from my oh, memory, no, boys. Man. Maybe I should have. I pulled read this, this from my memory. Well, I didn't know that because of those little facts. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Why do I know this shit? Uh, all right, Damn. so so Big Mom notices that Zeus isn't there, and it turns out Nami just stole him again. Um, yeah, and she's like, Nami, no, she'll kill you. And uh, because she's because Zeus is literally a part of Big Mom's soul, he has to come back to her, and uh, yeah. she starts to use her ultimate technique. But then, that's when on the motorcycle coming through, someone activates their soul sensor, and they're getting closer. And right as Big Mom is about to deliver the finishing blow, Frankie and Brooke bust in, knock the shit out of Big Mom with the back wheel of their fucking motorcycle while Brooke slices Zeus in half. Clean open, which is super effective for these guys since he can, you know, harm souls directly. Yeah. I really like that. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Big Mom is on the ground. She's probably not... I felt bad about Zeus, though. I really thought that Nami was going to hold that down. Well, he's not dead okay. yet, so we don't know. Uh, he looks dead. He got cut in half. He's been cut in half by uh, by Brooke before. Oh. Uh, I think only Big Mom can really like cancel that shit out. Brooke can harm them and can nullify their effects to a degree, but I think only Big Mom can take away the soul from them. Um, but yeah, Big Mom's down. Frankie and Brooke are back on the scene. Oh, man. Great chapter. Yeah, shit's about to get, yeah, shit's about to turn up something fierce. <laughs> so fucking excited. Um, but uh, unfortunately, my excitement has to take a fucking backseat because One Piece is off the, this coming week. So, they're taking a break. God damn it, man! Hold off. <laughs> Let the man breathe. breathe. Let the man breathe. He's been breathing a lot. To be fair, he's been off a lot. Let him keep breathing, dude. Let this man take as much time as he can to rest and no. shit. You want the series to, to finish? I know. You want know. the series to finish? I'm being sick. <laughs> let the man breathe. Listen. I just don't want him to take a break. He doesn't have to run through his through his arcs like like my hair academia does or anything <laughs> like that. I just I just want him to take less breaks. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad at saying that. He deserves it. For God sure. damn it. But, um, I mean, One Piece, so great. Loved it. Had a lot of fun. I think it was more fun to talk about, and that's what really got my uh, got me going. But uh, that's all I got to say about One Piece. You guys want to say one more thing? All right. Pretty good chapter. All right. Let's move. Damn near the Probably an afterthought. I liked it a little bit more than my hurricane. But I'm more hyped for next week. And not because One Piece is on break, but because I, you know. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, I don't know what's about to happen yet. It's two excellent chapters. All right. Okay. Let's keep it going. Jujutsu Kaisen. Fuck yeah. Welcome to the line. No. Plot hole. Okay. All right. So quick <laughs> overview of what's quick. been going on. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, you guys know it's like a new anime coming out. We decided to add it to the lineup because it's a very good series and we couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> um, 
our our initial intention was to wait for like one of the series that we already covered to end, but fuck it, why not? Um, okay, so Jujutsu Kaisen centers around like people fighting curses that are physical manifestations of like I guess evil feelings towards people. You know, very similar to yeah. like Hollows or just fucking yeah. demons or standard something like monster. That. Yeah, everyone in the mill. You get you guys know. Don't think too hard about. Yeah, standard monster stuff. Um, there are they can be they could be goon level type dummies, or they could be very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. But there aren't many sophisticated ones, which is, I guess, what pulls them apart because there's usually like twenty of these sophisticated ones that have been around all this time. But there are like maybe four or five that like stand the test of time and are sentient and are very intelligent. Um, yeah, much like the Espada. The series centers around this kid named Itadori. He eat, he accidentally eats the remains of a of an ancient and the strongest curse there is, named Sukuna. Uh, up to this point, he's been force fed five more, I believe. Uh, and every time he eats one of these fingers, the Sukuna curse that's within him gets stronger and stronger. And now it's gotten to a point where he's just fully taken over Itadori's body and is fighting for him in this Shibuya conflict, where. It's this whole ploy designed to take out one jujutsu sorcerer. And it's the most brokenest character possibly in Jump. Yeah. Fucking Gojo, Satoru Gojo. Uh, He lets you know from the Jump that I can beat the main villain of this series, most likely. And he wasn't lying. Uh, They were fighting him and he was wrecking their shit. And then they basically had to, they can't kill him. So they basically have yeah. to take him out of the game by sealing him in this box. And yep. this whole Shibuya conflict has been trying to rescue Gojo from these incredibly strong curses. Uh, this has basically been a fucking 36-chapter action scene. This has been like nonstop fighting for 36 chapters. And that's what Jujutsu Kaisen kind of is the whole way through. Uh, it's almost entirely action scene. This scene. And in my opinion, it does it better than everybody right now the action scenes and all and the way like it's drawn and the way that the movement is and all this stuff it's like you can see the pages moving that's how good Jujutsu Kaisen is at these fight scenes yeah so I'll say this Brian this much I don't think it's I don't I'll say I think it's on par with like World Trigger and like when when One Piece is at it's like really when when One Piece is, is like at it's sharpest or like when Bleach was like at its sharpest. Like this, if Jujutsu Kaisen does nothing else better, it is its 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 combat art. It's it just it thrives. That's what it thrives in. There's so much combat in this series. Yeah. Like whenever an anime if if an anime comes out for it, there is that's one something coming. I'll watch. It's coming. I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. It it just looks like it's just designed for the anime. I hope they have a good studio. But, yeah, me too. But uh, well, we had we do have. I still think World Trigger is a little bit better, though. I agree, but 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 it's it's right it's 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 right there in the same league. It's just a matter for me. It's a matter of preference. But I put them in the same exact tier. Yeah. So let's get so, into. So yeah, it. I, I agree with you, basically, Brian. Yeah, we'll try to explain and mechanics even with as this chapter itself. Like it. So I, I'm going to say this before. You know, I I reserve these thoughts for after you finish this chapter. But this is. This is a very combat-heavy one. Yeah. Last we left okay. off, uh, this other character named uh, Megumi Fushigoro, he was fighting this serial killer-esque type curse 
um, and he was kind of like on the ropes. So he used this his uh, his jujutsu powers, which is essentially summoning jujutsu spirits, or uh, in order to fight for him. Uh, he summoned one that was damn near uncontrollable, but incredibly powerful. And there was like an incredible risk to summoning this one because it's too strong to tame. So once you summon it, you run the risk of being killed by it along its warpath. And <laughs> he was, he was like wrecked by this thing, whether he's dead or not has yet to be seen for sure. But uh, Itadori now in his Sukuna form has arrived onto the scene and is now fighting this incredibly strong corpse. Uh, curse and uh, Sukuna is just kind of getting the basic hang of it he doesn't have his full power yet so you know he's like he, this this curse is like just slightly below him it's not too far yeah. behind him so you know he fights him a lot like he starts hitting him with all these attacks uh, he uses a dismantle curse but it seems to heal from that and uh, there's this yeah. Wheel. After you see something like this, he has this big wheel on his like yeah. uh, back that kind of turned, so you could see it had some type of effect on what happened. Almost like a like a sort of reverse time or or, or, or something or resetted his 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 his, his, his I don't know. Yeah, well, we really got an explanation a little bit for it later, but um, he he tries the same attack again, but he uh, this curse ends up deflecting it. And uh, it start, It just like knocks him into next week. Blasts through buildings. Uh, the whole shebang. And uh, of course he's Sakuna now. So he's not hurt really. And he's just trying to uh, attack. He, he does all these attacks. And uh, every time the wheel turns. It seems to stop everything. And uh, Sakuna being very knowledgeable in these things. He figures that this curse's ability. With every wheel turn. His his shikigami power is to adapt to any and all phenomena that is happening, like, kind of like a late throw in rock paper scissors. So that's so fucking broken. Like <laughs> yeah. what the hell? Like a late throw in rock paper scissors? That's called cheating, my nigga. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, technically, everybody's power in this is cheating <laughs> to a degree. Every jujutsu <laughs> power to a degree is just like I can cheat better like, than you. And that was just a horrible explanation. When I read that, I was just like, what? That means it's like guaranteed victory, which I guess is the point. If it was anybody else but Sakuna, this is the main, this could be the main villain of the series. This could be the final guy. Mm -hmm. But thank God Sakuna came back, huh? Yeah. Uh, and as Ojo he realizes this, a problem with this guy, man. As he, <laughs> no, no, probably come not. On. Come on. Well, yeah, let me not. Let me not come on. For respect. Come on. <laughs> I'd love to see a death battle between Iruka and um, Gojo Sensei. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, the two yeah, strongest. That would be a nail biter, honestly. Oh, my gosh. That would be like Chuck Norris against uh, Sagata Saturn. Yeah, <laughs> imagine they go through all of Gojo's. Uh, power set like they do the explainy thing in death battle mm -hmm. and then they get iruka sensei was born in the village hidden in the leaves he survived a shuriken to the spine <laughs> it's time That's for a death it. battle <laughs> 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 have you know i made the greatest ninja in the world my son <laughs> my pseudo child <laughs> my surrogate boy I walked him down the aisle. <laughs> He's my And son. then another younger 
<laughs> before me. <laughs> and save my ass from pain. But I will stop you, Gojo Sensei. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So this chapter ends with as um he's remembering this because he has this kind of like interesting relationship with uh Megumi, the 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 jujutsu sorcerer that summoned this thing in the first place. And he's like well, I learned that thing kind of from you, so I, I thank you. And then he uses his domain expansion, uh, Malevolent Lit. Shrine. It's uh, the first time we've seen his domain. Who's right? Megumi Fushigoro again? The black-haired that kid that, that summons Okay, things. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice. fucking secondary main character kid. No, no, I just, you know, the name's a... You know, you could say his dad is the only one that we've seen so far that has actually beaten Gojo in a fight. So yeah, beat his ass too. Yep. Damn, I was tight. Then you killed yeah, him. That nigga. Oh man, he thought he killed him. He didn't leave him there like, oh, I'm gonna mercy. He really thought he killed him. And yeah. I guess because he's Gojo, he's like, there's no way out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this domain expansion is, the, I guess, the last thing we kind of have to explain. Um, the fighters in this series have this technique called domain expansion where they create this space around them in which their powers are heightened. It's kind of like a cheat zone, essentially, where they're like, ha-ha, now that we're in here, now that we're in here, yeah, my, my powers area. are better than yours, like ha-ha. You played a field card in Yu-Gi-Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it gives you the, t- the advantage and... And probably a disadvantage thing for, for the other guy. Exactly. So, you know, I guess that's the simple explanation for it. Kind of cool. It's a little extra. Yeah, but the... Very manga-ish. Don't forget this, though. It's also the only way to beat a, another person's domain is to have a stronger domain. Yeah. Essentially. So yeah. you can't beat it unless you have a stronger domain. If you don't, then you're fucked. That is just, yeah, just you like, basically lose. It's, that's why it's so weird to me. It's it's like, all right, if you can't outdo the person's domain, that's literally the, that's the fight right there. It's you are not stronger than me. Exactly. And then to make things worse, you like your abilities don't even work the right way inside of someone else's domain. I think, right? Isn't that how it is? Or maybe that's. I mean, you know, it's effect. just it's just a contest over who's more broken. Um, yes, yes. But in the yo, best way, we say that with love. Really reminds me of Bleach, yo. In the best ways, yeah. We say that it's, with love, but it's super shonen. It's a lot like it's like yeah, like Black Clover and Bleach, man. Like it's but like the best stuff and no plot holes ever. I'll say yeah, I'll say this. It's, it's very, very sharp. It's very grounded in that regard. I think where Bleach took it too far is that there's no grounding element where <laughs> there's like a system in place to counter this other, like people could just appear with powers that are coincidentally complementary to, to someone else's powers or against someone else's powers. I mean, whereas in Jujutsu Kaisen, your system of your range of powers, <coughs> has to be, you have to be skillful in order to defeat these supposedly broken people. If that makes sense. There is a way, but it's just an incredibly uphill battle. Yeah, you got to be good in order to survive in this world. You got to be very skillful. Um, I mean, that's all I got to say. I mean, this chapter was pretty great. 
Um, it's just been nothing but action this whole time. And like Brian said, this is one of the best there is at it. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. You guys want to move on? I'm ready. We got our last one. Let's go. Yay! It is Chainsaw Man. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I... Oh god! Fuck chainsaw, man, dude. Okay, let's try. Let's try to do it, <laughs> boys. We're at the finish line. Let's try to finish this well. This is Chainsaw Man, chapter eighty-one. Paw. Last we left off, Denji finally made his wish, and his wish is to become Makima's dog. Not think for anything. He explains. He goes further to explain to himself. He's like, he's basically, I don't want to think. For, yeah. I don't want to think for myself anymore. I feel like my Aki's death was my fault. Maybe if I wasn't, maybe if I didn't think about things so often and I didn't like do shit, I, you know, his death wouldn't. Well, be. he just realized he felt like maybe if I wasn't so dumb, I could have found another way around it. But 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 the reason I killed him is because of how much I cared and how much I thought about the other people around me dying and so yeah i don't want to have to think for myself anymore shit used to be so much easier when i had to just worry about what the fuck i was going to eat and playing with poochie and now i got all these fucking complex feelings and and thoughts no thanks i want to be your dog bow wow yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean Paul? this is what's so nikki's your porsche <laughs> can i have the paw? This is what's she's so interesting a, about Chainsaw Man. My dog is such a dummy. She just always puts her belly up. I'm giving her paw. She's like, oh, belly rub time? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's what I would say is that this anyway. is the interesting part about Chainsaw Man is that nobody, I don't think there's a, I've seen a character in Jump that started lower than Denji has. This is a very yeah. interesting kind of dynamic where or a way to tackle this type of character where this guy has spent his entire life just focused on eating and living and breathing the next day that like, now things are getting very human. He's essentially like the devils that he hunted back in the day is that like, he didn't really have feelings. He, he didn't really care for anything except for Pochita. Uh, so it's, and now he just can't process. He doesn't have the maturity to like process someone something like this happening, like a friend passing away or being killed before his eyes or, you know, being responsible for other people. Uh, and now he's just trying to take it all away. I think like to a degree, we've all kind of felt that way where we hit this low where we're like, shit, man, I just want shit to be simple. I don't want to like be in that place anymore where no matter what I do, it's wrong, you know? Yeah. And yeah, Chainsaw Man is like low key powerful like that. I really dig it. But um Makima is like, Are you sure? You have to obey me all Yeah, life. she looks surprised. Like that's what's kind of cool about all of this, is that she doesn't look like this is something like, Yes, this is exactly how I plan things to work out. She's just like Even though it kinda is. Oh, really? Kinda. She's it's it's just like he keeps playing perfectly into her lap and she's just like, oh, Okay. <laughs> that's how it looks like to me even like just her facial expression yeah he's like you sure my dogs have to obey me with complete obedience and he's like maybe okay. puts the thumb up 
And then that's when there's a knock at the door. And um, she, Makima reveals that she called power over. And then she tells Denji to stand. And he's like, wait, why'd you call power here? And she's like, dogs don't think. You got to just come with me. Let's go to her together. You open the door because I'm going to kill her. And Denji's like, just like that. Denji goes wolf at first. And then he's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? Well, you see the painting in the background? Yeah. I paint. know that that's that's the devil, right? That's supposed that's Lucifer, the fallen angel, right? That's what's going on. Yeah. Two page spread. Um, very normal. Oh, man. Very normal action. Just, no fanfare, really. It's just them walking towards the door and this painting in the background. That's like the symbolism of this whole thing. Uh, and as they're walking to the store, Denji's just like processing what's happening right now. And, said, wait, what? And she's like, what, were you joking? And she's like, go on, Denji. Open the door. And like at the same time, he's getting the flash of the door in his head. He's saying, don't open it. As, the, as uh, Makima is like, open it. You be the one to open it. And then he walks closer to the door. And he's like, when I open the door, she'll be there with uh, a birthday cake. And she's like, why does she have a birthday cake? He's like, oh, because it's my birthday tomorrow. And sure as shit, there, there's power just standing there. Yes, your eyes. And she says, Denji. He goes, hey. And next page, bang. Power is Makuma just yeah points out how her finger and says bang. Blasts her torso into the fucking wall behind her. And power's dead. And yeah, like she is like not a regular human and all of that. But I don't think she's coming back from this one. Nope, she's dead. <laughs> she her fucking Head falls between her legs on the floor. It looks so crazy. Yep. And Denji's just looking at her in just total disbelief. And he's, you know, Makuma's like, your hands are cold again. You poor thing. Shall we go back inside? And this thing is like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> And she just smiles at him. Okay. And that's oh, the end of the chapter, by the way, guys. Wow. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, so much to dissect here. Well, why? <laughs> why, Chainsaw Man? Why'd you do this to me? There was no fanfare, no build-up to this kill. It's This is so weird. And I'd like to think... This is Chainsaw Man, yo. That I, I don't have, think Power's dead. I have a couple theories. Uh, it was established early on that demons never really die. Um, when they die in, in Earth, they go back to hell and they're just there again. And when they die in hell, they come back here. So Power and Aki, for the most part, are probably still down there in, in hell. Uh, but uh, Damn. so my theory is that I think that Makima is here to maybe undo what the Chainsaw Devil did because it's implied that the Chainsaw Devil is responsible for a lot of the fiends that ended up on Earth because he killed, because the Chainsaw Devil killed them in hell. And that's why Power and Beam 
and a couple others are on Earth as we know it. Yeah. So I guess there's that, that's like the theory I'm working off. I don't really, I'm not crazy about it, but that's <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. Um, there's still a lot more to the story. I don't think it's going to end like in the next like two or three weeks. No. But sure. I think this is, I think we're heading down that slope for sure now. I mean, without a doubt. We've seen like Chainsaw Man go from chapters like this to just next week, shit's just popping off. So it could very well be possible that Denji actually just loses his mind and starts attacking Makima. I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's what's so great. That's... It's every now and then a series comes around. I feel like like this chapter is so weird in the fact that, like, it's like the things that happened before he opened the door, right? Because it's like... Like the way he he was talking, he was thinking to himself, where it's like he knows what's behind the door, but he's like he doesn't know why he knows and stuff like it's weird. Like, like I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things to. It's the way his thought. It was his thought process. Like, why would she even be here in the first place? Like, for her to say, "I'm gonna kill her," and then like, oh. Uh, he probably, I think he looked at the people, and that's how he's seen the fact that she had a cake and all that. It's like, oh yeah, my birthday. Oh, he, he was like, he was, he was talking like he knew, but he didn't see it, right? Mm. Well, he knew power was at the door, and that because Makima told her she was, he was at the door. She was at the door. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> Such a weird. And also, like, didn't he get like a thought in his head that told him not to open the door, or was it yeah. Aki that? Well, that's the thing, like Brian. That's the thing that pops up every now and then in Denji's head. Um, if you read Chainsaw Man, like this is a consistent thing: is that there's a door that he keeps mm-hmm. flashing back to. We don't know where it goes. We, he doesn't know where it goes, but and he keeps saying to not open the door. Mm-hmm. So eventually, he'll just have to open the door. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, but that's the thing that recurs over the series. Um, man, I can't. I don't even know what to say. This is like one of those series. It's like very early Promised Neverland, where I couldn't even kind of theorize what happens next. Um, where I was like, "Fuck, what's gonna happen next week?" Every now and then, a series comes around that would that would do that. And uh, I'm glad Chainsaw Man was able to keep it consistent. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I picked it up and and kept reading it. Oh man, so great. I didn't give it RGC because it broke my heart. Yeah, no way. I was like, <laughs> this was. I felt. I feel. I said. I, I, I said. I Fuck you guys, man. But I still love the shit. Yeah, <laughs> objectively, I just was, objectively it was brilliantly written. We love it, but I can't give it RGC because you killed Power. You son of a bitch. Bitch. Son of a bitch. Oh yeah, let me give it one of these. Son of a bitch. But um, yeah. Wait, Mario sound effect. No, we don't know for sure yet. She is dead. We had to do it. You're right, Brian. Thank you for catching that. But, uh, <laughs> well, I have no more to say. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> that was Chainsaw and Man. my phone is on 5%. Yeah, that was Chainsaw Man, and that has been our show, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, man, I am emotionally broken. You can yeah, find me man. at... The Chris Aspen. Oh, extra sword is on its way. Yeah, that too. 
me at the Chris <laughs> Aspinall, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37, Brian at B.ESP, all on Twitter and Instagram, all that jazz. Follow the show itself at New Jump City. Our theme song is by Drum Foo. Follow him at Drum underscore Foo. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk about. Um, stop distracting me. <laughs> uh, comment below what you thought about this week's comics. And that's about it. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review. Like us. Subscribe to us Hell on YouTube. Yeah. Comment, please. Get us higher up on these algorithms, guys. We deserve it. I don't think there's a harder-working comic book podcast out there. What do you mean? We're not high? <laughs> not yet. We're rookies, dog. No, but that ain't good. me, dog. <laughs> that ain't me. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Stay safe, New Jump citizens. Peace.